Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, a return guest. Glad to have him back, Mr. Jay Randall of 901 Fitness, coming to you from Memphis, Tennessee. Jay, what's going on, sir? How are we? Going on, Mr. Joe. We're great, man. What about yourself? I am doing very, very well. I appreciate you asking. And I'm excited to to get into the happenings of 901 and, and pick your brain and see what's going on on the business side of things. Before we do that, Jay, for the people listening who aren't familiar or didn't catch the first episode, why don't you fill us in on what 901 Fitness is in your own words? So what, what I am is kind of a cross between a big box and a personal training studio. I, I want my member base... My, my, perfect, my perfect member or client is, is an avid exerciser that exercises four or five days a week. Um, we'll pay a little bit extra for a private, you know, exclusive facility where it's not overrun and crowded. Um, I, obviously, we're going to encourage personal training, but if, you, if you're not a part of the personal training program, you're still going to learn a ton in here by, you know, having a population that's, you know, Average exercising four or five days a week. So I wanted to create a space that uh, that in between a big box in the studio. Yeah, which is I, I think a really popular emerging type hybrid model, if you will. I I find that at least post COVID, a lot of people don't really want to go to the giant commercial gyms, or it just doesn't really line up with the way that they like to work out but they still want access to to good equipment and a community and have the camaraderie of this lifting type crowd that you wouldn't get in necessarily a private PT studio. And so we're somewhat in between one foot in both worlds. Tell us a little bit about when this whole thing got started, Jay, what was, what was going on for you? And when did the idea pop into your head? I'm going to open up my own gym. So I was with a, a, a privately held corporation called 901 Fitness. Uh, they were in the big box arena. We were in the big box arena for 40 years in Memphis. Um, actually, I was with them for, for 29 years. Uh, so kind of battling through that, um, we started out the only the only place in Memphis, actually, that you know, we were the only, only, only place in town. So we really reaped the benefits in the you know, 70s on up to the 2000s. Um, and then some of these other facilities started to come in. Uh, Planet, uh, Crunch, LA Fitness, yeah. uh, which, you know, that's it's a ton of competition. There's, there's something on every corner. Um, the company I was with decided that they were, they were moving towards the, the billing side of things, POS systems and such. Really, didn't, we didn't put into the facilities like we need to, to to have the equipment updated and, and it, it didn't hurt us. So I think we were a little bit, uh, I, the, I don't try to use the right word here. We were, 
we, we were thinking just from us being around so long that people would stick around, but but honestly, uh, I see. If you get sort of like an uh, assumed arrogance, yeah, exactly. almost. That's arrogance is that that's that perfect, perfect. So that that was kind of our, our our downfall. But at the end of the day, it worked out. This they 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 decided they were going to leave the market. Uh, at the time, there was five locations in the city. Um, they were leasing all the other locations. They own this building here at in the Raleigh, Tennessee area. And it was, I kind of, you know, was helping each other out. You know, they needed to, they were still paying on this building. So um, instead of them having to try to find somebody to buy it or, or lease it, I, I, I bought the rest of the corporation and, you know, just decided that, you know what, um, not, a, not, not a big fan of the big box deal, but I, I do understand the, the frustrations of trying to come in at five o'clock and every treadmill, every cardio piece is, is lined up. You, you yeah. can't wait 30, 45 minutes to jump on a piece, or you got three or four guys or, or three or four ladies sitting on a piece of equipment gabbing about something while you're trying to, you know, get the giant sets in, and <laughs> you gotta wait for that. So that, I, I said, you know what, I wanna try to, I, I wanna try to start something across in, a, a, a in between place. Something that, you know, these studios, or small group places, you can only use it when your service is being done. And they might have an open gym once a week. I wanted to create something that was similar to that, but gave you access every day. Um, obviously, someone who avidly exercises four or five days a week uh, yep. really appreciates the space they're in. Uh, they, they take care of it more. Um, they're, you know, they're, 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 it's a part of their lifestyle. So they're willingly talking about it, you know, and they're very helpful, especially with, you know, with other members trying to learn. So I just wanted to be a part of that atmosphere. And that's, that's how this all started. Yeah. And so here we are almost four years later now. Talk to us just about that time in general as a business owner and, right. and reminisce with two sides here. What's been what's been your favorite part about owning your own gym and what's been the toughest part about owning your own gym? Um, my favorite part is the absolutely all on me. Uh, it's that challenge every day and, and kind of, you know, challenge my day every, every day of my life anyway, but this, this actually to another level, you know, of taking on the responsibility, making the decisions, uh, I truly enjoy that. Challenges are great, man. I love it, and and, and the reward of knocking something out that you're piecing together is just beautiful. Um, yeah. The negative side of it is coming from the big box. It really, it honestly, it took me two years to really. Obviously, I want everybody to be a member here. Obviously, you know, anybody can be, but you know, there's a, a certain type of person that's going to be a member here and not everybody that walks in the door. I, I can't force that in. I can't force that on them. They it's either, you know, you either are, are interested and want to be a part of something like that, or, or you're not, you're just, you're looking for the cheapest thing that you can get, you know, to jump on a treadmill every once in a while. And I'm not knocking those exercises either, but it was hard to sometimes Tell people this might not be the place for you. You know, this might yep. not be something yep. that, that you'll thrive in. But, you know, honestly, if you are interested in, in 
and really truly diving into the lifestyle, learning, you know, knocking these goals out and, and uh, this is the place for you. But, you know, honestly, yeah. there's, there's people out there that just that, that shop around, they want the lowest price, they want convenience. Um, and honestly, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for if it's cold outside or if it's raining outside, they got a place they can jump in and, and, and knock a quick workout. So that that was that was probably the toughest. Is, is I think that's a useful realization, though. Yeah. You know, and and you mentioned it took two years, two ish years to learn that. I think it's normal for gym owners of any kind of model when they first open the excitement is so high you think everybody is going to want to be a member and it's not the case and it's not a bad thing that it's not the case if everybody was a member right. then we would be the exact type of thing that you were trying to get away from you yeah. know <laughs> and this is we we are designed for a certain type of of demographic which is is okay now a lot of people listen to this show jay just for ideas of, of how to get some people in with the the nuance of your model sort of being in between two kinds of models what's been successful for you from a marketing standpoint to to generate some of these memberships so, you know, this small group training has, has been probably my greatest asset. Um, social media marketing, um, it's really inexpensive. Uh, you can showcase, uh, you know, a lot in a short amount of time. And, and uh, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not old, but I am, I am 50. So I'm not really a, a social media person myself, man. But I, yeah. I have learned to. You're not alone in that boat. There you go. It's not just you, that's for sure. Yes. So I, and again, it, 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 it took me a, I tried to do that on my own, but, you know, after a year I said, man, I, I got to find somebody that, that, you know, that's, that likes this, that lives this, that understands this. And, and I, I found a, actually I had a, a young man do an internship with me from the University of Memphis. And, okay. Uh, a marketing degree is what he was going for. He actually got a job in the mayor's office, and that's what he's doing. And he did a great job. It was a great internship, and uh, I reached out to him. I knew he had a full-time gig going on, but I just asked him for some help. You know, told him that I, I give him some training for free. You know, yep, three days a week. I knock that out, pay him a, a little fee for overlooking my my social media, and uh, he's done great with it. But that's an inexpensive way to, to get your to get your message out you know yeah. so uh, that's, i think that's, that kind of that delegation is really really important in yes. our space and i think we it's funny we as fitness people preach you should work with a trainer you should work with a coach right. and then when we don't know how to do something a lot of the time we're just bashing our head against the wall trying to figure it out and we won't right. we refuse help you actively sought this out and had a good experience. It's not something that's directly within your wheelhouse, and that's totally fine. But we know that there's value to it, right? I mean, if we if we put ourselves on the other side of the table and, and we consider somebody who's actively looking for a gym or actively looking for a trainer, they're probably on Facebook or Instagram or whatever the platform of choice is. And so while we may not enjoy it, <laughs> It has to get done one way or the other, you know? 
beyond that, Jay, when somebody comes in, I want to hear a little bit about the, the sales process and the sign-up process because the last decade or so, at least in the big box space, the sales process has really given, given people a bad taste in yes. our industry. Yes. What is it like somebody reaches out interested in coming to 901? What are the steps along the way for them to actually get signed up? So the steps along the way are even coming in from a phone call or, or walking in, you know, from seeing the sign. It's first finding out what your what your client is looking for. First thing that's going to come out of their mouth most of the time is how much is it. But the first thing that I want to know is what are you looking for? What 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 are you trying to do? What what's your what's your what's your thought process? What 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 why'd you walk in here today? Understandably wanting to know a price, but let's let's dive a little bit deeper with that. So hopefully everybody has a, a personal a, I call it a PPA, performance analysis sheet. That's going to get an idea of what your what your client is looking for, what their goals are, what, where they've been, where they want to go to. Um, so we're going to go through those steps on finding out where they're, you know, what why, what drove them in the door today. What, what's their ultimate goal? Have they been a member at another facility? How was the set? Was it successful or unsuccessful? Uh, where's where's their journey at? And once you and, and you have a time to to build a rapport, uh, try to find some common ground. You know, that's uh, letting it get, not, not, I don't want to say getting their guard down, but it's, it's really about trust at the end of the day. So if you can find some common ground with that person, that, that helps. Um, and then the next step is a demonstrated tour of the facility and not just a showcase, here's this, here's this, here's that, but actually piecing together an idea of what it's going to look like when they come into the facility. Um, and I'll tell them off the bat that this is a private facility. It's, it's a little different from the big box places. Um, it's it's more, it's, I've got a cap on the active members that I haven't used in the facility, so it's not going to be overran and crowded. And then I'm going to treat everybody like they're going to hire a trainer. It's, you know, you're not, you don't have to have a, a trainer to be a member here. We obviously have basic memberships, but this first process, it's not mandatory, but it's, uh, it's highly suggested that you go through this process with this. It's going to take three scheduled workouts for us to go through this. And what we'll create is a, a, a four to eight week dietary and workout program that you can work out on your own. I'm obviously going to suggest you do that with the coach. It's always better with the coach, but even if you yep. don't become a, a, a PT member or a group PT member, you're going to have a, you're going to have a little a gameplay. It's really important to, to have some structure, you know, so, um, then I walk them through the demonstrated tours build on this is what your workout's going to consist of. Um, as we're doing that, you know, I'm trying to get some small commitments. I really want them to say yes to me seven to ten times during this demonstrated tour. You see how, you know, get them on a piece of equipment. You see where that's targeting on your lower abs. You feel that? Think you can do, you think you can do that two or three days a week? Perfect. Yeah, I know you can. High five it. Um, and once we get through with the demonstrated tour of the facility, it's just recapping. So, all right, Mr. Joe, this is what it's going to look like. We're in here three days a week. You understand how this is. This is going to play out. Perfect, perfect. Do you have any questions? Do you see yourself getting in a good rhythm in here? Yes, 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 yes. And then we're on to the presentation, which is going to, through the conversation on the demonstrated tour and, and, the, and the PPA analysis, 
Uh, I'll have a good understanding if this is going to be generally a, a person that's going to be a good PT candidate. So then we just assume this is where we're going. Um, yeah. and, and then from that, um, you know, they get, they pick which one they want. Um, they enroll and then I line them up within the next two days for, to do that evaluation. And even if they didn't become a PT member, I got three more days, you know, to, to really convince them on how important it is to have a, you know, an accountability coach, a dietary coach, and a fitness coach to help you there. Understood. Okay, so we are heavily, heavily investing in value on the front end, showing them what they're either missing out on or not even aware of from a personal training standpoint, and assuming that that's going to drive people towards this continuing the service beyond that point. And the metric in, in the industry to look at here is PT penetration. Do you, do you guys track how many or, or what percentage of your membership is in personal training or some sort of coaching service? Yes, yes, we do. So I'm, I'm, at, I'm at 12% right now. Okay, is that... So industry average 10, we're, we're doing better than average. Do you think that, that there's room to continue to grow that though? Yeah, it sounds like that's really the focus for you. Yeah, very much so. Um, I'm, I'm actually rolling out, we're going to call it a 901 hit series. Um, it, and it's basically different hit workouts. Um, and it's a, a, a package and, and membership package. Package will give you access to the class only. A membership will give you seven day access to the facility. So not only the two, one, two, four, eight classes that you are, have access to each month, um, you also have access to the, the rest of the facility. Uh, I see. You also get a, a dietary coach with that. Um, someone that will, well, that, that will be me, that will meet me each week. I use the, I, I get my clients, I, I'm actually looking at investing in one of the scanners, either a Fit3D or an eVault scanner. Um, mm -hmm. Conversations with these guys for the past couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. I got some facility improvement fees coming up in, in July. So that's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to invest in in July. Um, yeah. But right now I just use them, you know, I have them use one of the free, uh, free like MyFitnessPal or Lose It apps. And uh, we use that to each week to go over what their dietary history looked like for the week. They know where their calorie count is, where they're supposed to be at. And we review that each, each week and weigh in. Um, so what, how this will work is I'll have, I've got a automated, I've got a, a my POS system has a, uh, a scheduler and stuff that's, that's built into that. So they'll actually go in, the client will go in each, each week X amount of classes they're scheduled for. I, I as a part of accountability, these 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 classes won't roll over; they just expire. So if they don't use them, uh, okay. So we want to get the people in too. Right. Unless you know, unless not like the big box model okay. where we don't want the people to come. Exactly. And yeah, you know something else I did, Joe, was as long as they, as long as they do everything we ask of them, meet the dietary you know, standards, make the workouts. Um, they're doing everything we asked. I, I do a money back guarantee. If they really, if they feel like they didn't get the service they paid for, um, it's 100% money back guarantee. 
but obviously you have to be making all our standards. You're, you know, coming in X amount of days a week. You made all those workouts. You've made all the meetings. You get your quotas. Because if that all happens, Joe, you well know that, you know, you're gonna you're gonna see some results. And I, I started that about six months ago, and I haven't I haven't had one person come back to me. Uh, yeah. So anyways, I, I, that's another way I try to be a little bit different from the big box deal. Um, and then I, I check on these week, you know, each week I make sure who's, you know, part of the program, who's not scheduling. I, I go out to make phone calls to, you know, reiterate, come on, man, we got to make this thing happen. I keep a, a, a folder on everybody, a PT folder. And it has the initial conversation that we went through with all their goals and everything, you know, on, on that on that PPA sheet that I can have in front of me when I'm making these phone calls each week just to, you know, restart that fire again. Uh, but, uh, I, 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 like I said, I want to, there's places that do this all over the place. I, I want to be a little bit different from the other guys. And uh, anyhow, I, I, uh, I really... You know, there's, there's there's tons of CrossFit places around here, and, and I, I I do I, I love those workouts. But but honestly, if you're in your middle age, yeah, it's, it's gonna be hard on you doing some CrossFit three days a week, man. You know? sure. so, uh, yeah. I, I do. I, 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 there's not too many just straight hit places around. A lot of boot camps, um, but I wanted something a little bit different from everybody else. Um, I checked the area, and there's actually only two of these scanners in our area. Uh, and Interesting. They're both, at, they're both at small PT studios. So yep. uh, that's going to help out a bunch with the automation that the, the systems will be going to. So, uh, and it, it speaks to what you talked about early, early on with the, the organization that you were with prior when they stopped putting money back into the studio. People left. You know, right. people people notice these types of things when you invest funds back into the service that you're offering yeah. people notice that too and they stick around yeah man you know i every for the past for the past four years every july with these improvement fees i have all i've you know been able to you know purchase equipment you know a, a turk uh a, 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 a olympic Olympic uh, bumper plates and and squat racks and uh, every year I try to I try to grab a piece I, I put a get a little poster made your improvement fees at work let everybody know hey this is new since the emails now and I try this out this is going to be great for us but I do try to every year with those improvement fees is uh, you know make some purchases on some things to, to upgrade the facility. Now, zoom out on all of this, Jay. I mean, we've talked a lot about how the whole thing got started and, and what it looks like now, but tell us a story of where it's all going. What's the, the vision for you with 901 as so, you move forward? Moving forward, I, I like to have two or three satellite facilities connected that just run small group classes, you know, two, 3,000 square foot facilities that we are just doing group PT out of. Having a home base where you can spend a little bit more on a membership to have access to, you know, you're at the, the other place two or three days a week for your services. And then you have a gym that you can, you can attend um, that, you know, seven days a week. So that's, that's where I like to go. My, 
my kids are all graduating college, getting ready to graduate college. Um, they're all athletes. Um, I would, I, I want to have something that, you know, that they can move forward with. So this, I, I've been blessed in the industry for 33 years. I, I would raise my family, you know, get them through school and, and really honestly, uh, they're built similar. They've been around this their whole life. They all exercise five, six days a week, not only from, you know, being athletes, but because they truly enjoy it. Um, this has never really felt like work for me, Joe. This is, it's, it's obviously not a bad problem. It's not, it, it feels like, you know, it feels never chores. Always the challenges are always met with the same, same way when I was, was, was wrestling. You know, it's every, yeah. every day, every week is a new opponent, a new person you're studying, you're, you're, you're critiquing yourself to be better than that person. And, and it's kind of how I, how I look at this, it's the same way, man. And, and like I said, it's, I, I'd love to be able to pass this along to my children and they pass it along to their yeah. children and their children. Yeah, you don't strike me as the the nine to five office gig type of guy, Jay. Uh, no sir, no sir, no sir. We're gym life for for life. Jay, that's been it's been a, a great conversation, man. We're running a bit shy on time here, but I want to save a minute for you to be able to tell people where they can learn more about nine on one. What's the website to reach you guys? What are the social media links? How can people connect with you guys? So you can follow us on Instagram at nine on one underscore fitness. Like us on Facebook at 901 Fitness. And the website is 901-fitness.com, www.901-fitness.com. Straightforward and simple enough. Like I said, man, this has been awesome. I, I really appreciate your willingness to, to share your thoughts and opinions on the industry and, and your business and specifics. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. Cause it sounds like you still have the fire that you had when you started four years ago. So I appreciate your time, Jay. And, and I wish you nothing but the best, man. Yeah, you too, brother. Thanks for, thanks for your time as well. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam, and today with me is Jerry out of Tucson, Arizona with The Protocol SC. Jerry, how are you today? I'm great, Adam. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. I uh, appreciate taking the time and hopefully the weather's not uh, too chilly out there as we were uh, just speaking before. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll enjoy it while it's here. It'll get, it'll get hot here pretty soon. Uh, absolutely. Well, Jerry, uh, I'm going to go ahead and open up to you. Just go and give our listeners a little background context on yourself, you know, maybe some, some experiences and passions that brought you into where you are right now. 
Well, thank you. I am the opposite of an athlete. I, I grew up a pretty unathletic kid. And uh, when I got out of school, I, I got into the corporate world and I discovered very quickly that uh, that was not my cup of tea. I got really burnt out. And that's kind of the time that I discovered the gym and fitness. And I, I came up through the uh, industry through my father, who does the same thing for a living as I do. And as I learned more and grew more, I began to branch out into my own genre of what I thought it took to, uh, to have people be as fit as possible, as strong as possible. And the more I got into that, uh, I I realized that what I was doing couldn't be accomplished through the means that I was doing it. So uh, what I mean by that is I was basically a personal trainer working in a conventional gym environment. And I, I just, I realized that in order for me to go in the direction that I wanted to go, I had to create my own space. So the protocol started in 2010 on a basketball court with a handful of ladies and these weird ball and handle looking objects that were called kettlebells that at that time, very few people had heard of. We, uh, we went from the basketball court to, uh, there was a gymnastics facility that, uh, that, that opened up later in the afternoon when the kids got out of school. So in the morning, I was able to rent space in there really inexpensively. From there, we went to a very tiny space that was about 500 square feet, kind of a little personal training studio. We outgrew that pretty quickly, went to a place that was about double that size. And within about three years, we outgrew that and went to a facility that's about double that size, which is where we are today. We've been there for about, uh, let's see, I want to say about seven years now. And that's kind of the evolution of how we came to be today. Excellent. That's great. That's, you know, thank you for sharing that. So, you know, moving into, you know, more on the protocol, you know, side of things, you know, walk us through kind of like your elevator pitch, as far as if somebody were brand new, come to you, what exactly all are the services that you offer? And then how piggyback off that, how would you do an initial consultation to far as, you know, are they a good fit? Are you guys a good fit? Yeah, our, well, my elevator pitch is we teach 30 to 60 year olds who might be spending too much time sitting behind the desk to move better and become stronger. That's the elevator pitch. And uh, how, how we go about doing that is, uh, you know, we do that through a variety of, of means. We are, uh, as we had mentioned before the call started, before the podcast started here, that we are, we, we, we usually start with the kettlebell and the body weight. We're more concerned with how people are moving and we teach movement patterns. We don't train muscles. Uh, there's no arm day or leg day where, where, where we do that. The, uh, your second question was the, uh, how, how like somebody come, come, comes into us. So usually I like to start with a phone call. I like to just find out like, you know, I, I like to find out about people. I like to find out what they're, what they're looking for. And I like to see if we're just on the surface, if we're a good fit for them. And then we, we dive in a little bit uh, deeper once we determine that. If somebody is not a good fit, uh, I'm usually pretty candid with them. Like, I'm like, I, I really appreciate the call. I appreciate you reaching out. But, you know, what it is that you're looking for is not what we do. And if it is something that, uh, if it sounds like they are a good fit, we usually start off with a small handful of private sessions. So we do not allow drop-ins into our classes. Uh, everybody is required to go through, um, I guess you can call it like an orientation. Uh, we usually, for most people, it's about four private sessions where we just kind of take them through what it is that we teach in the facility and also 
you know, introduce them to like who we are and what we're all about. And if it's, if, if they don't feel it's a good fit for them, they didn't have to commit to a giant training package. You know, they can just, you know, after the four sessions, we can shake hands and go our separate ways. But if they, if they really enjoy it, then we can, we can continue down the path. And for most, for most folks, it ends up being some kind of semi-private training. And that's, um, I think that answers your question, right? The, uh, like how someone gets started. Yeah, absolutely. You know, kind of just, you know, that initial consultation to far as, you know, like, what are the things you look for, you know, in determining, you know, if it's going to be the best fit between both of you. So, yeah. And we, you know, we, we certainly charge for it. Um, I know the majority of your listeners, I presume are uh, fitness professionals. So we, um, we have an initial evaluation if somebody doesn't want to do the four session start, we call it the starter pack, but uh, both of those uh, we do charge for. So the, uh, again, I don't know too much about your business model, but like the free consultation and whatnot. I mean, other than the phone call where we just chat about their goals and their needs, there's really, we, we, we don't, we don't do the, the free consult thing. We just, uh, you know, these are our, these are the ways to get started in our facility. And then if it ends up not being a good fit, you know, they, they would receive, they received a lot of great information, a lot of great content. We, uh, that initial consultation, we, we will sometimes do that FMS screen. So they will walk away with something very tangible that will help them in their journey. And so there's, you know, it, it ends up being a win-win for both parties. Yeah. A good, a good exchange of value and knowledge between the two, whatever comes from that. Excellent. Appreciate that share. <clears throat> you know, so we were briefly talking earlier before we went on air about the kettlebell classes um, and, you know, kind of the, the, the profound niche of movement, you know, could you elaborate a little bit more on, you know, the kettlebell dynamic? Yeah. The, the kettlebell, in my opinion, seems to have a lower barrier of entry than, than most other modalities like the barbell or the dumbbell and whatnot. And the reason for that is it just, it allows us to really watch how the person is moving. And I'm, I'm known as the kettlebell guy in some circles and that's cool. I don't, uh, I, I'm not upset to have someone call me that. Um, in reality, I'm not really looking at the kettlebell. I'm looking at the, the person that is moving it and how they are moving it and what muscles are their body are their bodies reaching for when I ask them to perform a particular movement pattern. And the kettlebell seems to me like the, one of the best instruments to accomplish that. The other reason we like the kettlebell so much is that it allows, it allows us to get a lot of work done and not a lot of time. I mean, we work with a lot of busy professionals and you're, you're trying to, you're trying to play this game of whack-a-mole where you're trying to cover conditioning. You're trying to cover strength build. You're trying to, uh, get some work capacity and you're trying to improve their mobility. And also, by the way, you're trying to do this in a fairly short amount of time. I mean, most people train, you know, a few days a week and spend a lot of time at their job, not moving a whole lot besides that. So in, in my opinion, the kettlebell just allows us to accomplish that sort of work and whack as many of those moles in as short of a period of time as possible. And that's the reason why we tend to reach for it. I think if, uh, if a particular modality were to come out that does a more efficient job at covering all those things, I could see myself moving to that. Excellent. Appreciate that share. Thank you for that. So diving into more of, you know, what goes on inside of, you know, the protocol SC here, <clears throat> you know, walk me, walk us through, you know, kind of how are the, the small groups 
structured? What's what's the the theology behind you know w- what you're instilling in each of the, those groups? Well, our big picture principle is we believe in three things. So when you when you walk up to the front door and you get ready to pull on it, there's a big sticker on the door that says you know the protocol strength and conditioning, mobility, strength, results. In my opinion, those three things are on the door in order of importance. Number one is always mobility. You have to be able to move well without pain. And if you are to not move well without pain, your any fitness endeavor beyond that is going to be fruitless. So we spend a lot of time talking about mobility and getting people to be able to move well, addressing aches and pains, addressing asymmetries, the risk of a new client injuring themselves. In, when they're starting a training program is exponentially high. So we spend a lot of time in that. And then once you're moving well, we move on to number two, which is strength. Uh, as we all know, that strength rabbit hole is very deep. It's, uh, you know, I, I compete in the 67 kilo weight class. That's uh, 148 pounds for the American listeners. Uh, the world record deadlift in my weight class all time is uh, 705 pounds. So there's a 148 pound freak of nature out there that is ripping 705 pounds off the floor. <laughs> and, and we just look at them like, wow, this is insane. What, what, what does this 148 pound organism, you know, what, 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 what has he figured out that the rest of us are still working on? And that's, that's the strength game. And yeah. So we, uh, what we like to say is we, we reverse engineer what the strongest humans do instinctively and we teach them as principles. And what's cool about learning those principles is the principles transcend modality. Once you learn how to do those sorts of things, it doesn't really matter what it is that you're into. I mean, maybe maybe you want to go to a bodybuilding gym. Maybe you just want to do something simple like go and crank on some machines at a big box gym. Maybe you want to do something more cardiovascularly intense like the the Orange Theories and the CrossFits. It really doesn't matter what endeavor you're, you're, you're looking to take on physically. It's just you know, do you have these movement principles down? So a typical private session or a semi-private session in our facility, the first 15 to 20 minutes is, is, is mobility work. And then the instructor will usually teach on a particular subject for just a few minutes. And then the remainder of that one hour session is the actual training itself. Excellent. I like that, that theology, you know, as far as reverse engineering what are the people at the top doing and then breaking that down into the basic principles to be able to climb that ladder mm-hmm. yeah excellent jerry so moving into you know the the leads portion of it you know like where, where do the bulk of your leads come from well you're uh probably a little too young to remember this, but uh, the, we used to use things like a phone book where you could, as a business owner, you could advertise in a phone book and uh, people would find you there and call you. And um, I don't even know, do, do they even, do they even have phone books anymore? I don't, they don't even drop those things off. Right. Or I think they did for a while, but then they stopped. You know, I do remember those, <laughs> and, uh, but to answer your question, I, uh, I don't believe so. I think everything's either digital or, you know, automate or something along those lines. Yeah. So the, the new phone book obviously is the Google machine. And uh, I know a lot of people use social media uh, for our target demographic. I have noticed that social media does not produce a lot of fruit for me. Uh, I have found the most success uh, partnering with Google. Um, the majority of our marketing budget is through Google ads. 
Um, I did, when I started, my website was designed by a friend of mine who was a graphic artist. Uh, it looked beautiful. However, uh, if you were to go and Google, you know, personal training, kettlebells, you know, whatever the buzzwords are, I mean, you just would not find me because it was not, you know, he was a great designer, but uh, the, the web, the website was just simply not optimized for people to be able to find it. So I, uh, I hired an organization in 2015 and they have been managing the website and there's a, there's a really good lead gen that is on that website. And then I, between that and Google, that's pretty much, I'm going to say 90% of our marketing budget. And that's, that's our, that's our system for attracting new business. Uh, our, my favorite answer to your question is we take really, really good care of people. And we have people who have been with us for years and years. And, uh, you know, the, uh, when you have, you know, the, when the average client stays with you for 36 months, you know, the, the marketing doesn't need to be as sophisticated as, you know, a fitness facility. That's a revolving door where people are constantly coming and going. Yeah. Uh, great answer. You know, uh, oftentimes you take care of the people, they'll take care of you. Yeah. Versus treating them number 67 or number 85 versus, Hey, Jim and John, you know, how's your vacation? You know, you know, you're looking great you know, all the, the, the personal touches and things like that. So, yeah, we, we recently went to, um, you might find some of your listeners might find this hard to believe, but we actually had a manual schedule up until very, very recently. Um, I've actually gone to electronic scheduling software for the uh, classes and I got, I went into it kicking and screaming. Uh, I, I had a, I, I it's been managed by admins for, uh, I mean, our entire, well, so for 13 years up until now. And um, it just, it, we've just grown to a point where it's really not tenable anymore. And we had to go to something that was web-based and electronic, but that's the reason I fought it was because there was this personal touch. It's like, well, you know, if you're sick, if your kid is sick, if you're injured, I mean, a machine doesn't necessarily have the ability to figure that out. So by having to always interact with the human being, we were, we, I felt more connected to our client base. And uh, so that, that's why I resisted it for so long. I mean, I had a paper calendar up until probably 2015, where, I mean, the only reason I have an electronic calendar now is because multiple people need to be, need to know what's going on at the same time. And there's just no way to do that with, without the wonders of modern technology. But yeah, that's, uh, that's, that, that's a recent phenomenon in our facility. And uh, I mean, I'm excited about it, but at the same time, I certainly hope that it's not just another thing that makes us impersonal. Right. And I think to your point, you know, with the years of experience that you have and the, the facility has, you know, if, if you had to improvise in a way to, to keep the personal personability, I think that that would be something, you know, that wouldn't be too hard for you guys. Yeah. I hope not. I mean, ask me again in six months, we'll see how it goes. I mean, we, we just, we, we are just barely now starting to use it. Yeah. Yeah. What, you know, we'll, we'll kind of, you know, I like this word reverse engineer this here, you know, what you've been pretty much analog for, you know, some time and, you know, switching into this electronic era, you know, web-based era, where do you feel is going to be the most benefit? And then where do you feel is going to be, you know, maybe a little more difficulty? Can you be more specific with your question, please? Absolutely. So going from, you know, we'll say paper trail 
to now going, you know, online, web-based, things like that, having a little more, little more, little more uh, space to do some things with, you know, what, from going paper trail to being online electronic, where, where do you feel the most benefits are going to be? Well, the, the, the reason that we are doing it is we are, we're, you know, we're trying to scale. And that's, I think, for the type of business that, that I'm in, and I think a lot of your, the, the, the size of the business that I think a lot of your listeners have, there's that, there's that transition that you go from where you own a job to where you own a business. So when I started, it was just me. It was easy. I mean, I was serving 30 people. Um, I knew them all by name. I, you know, everything, you know, everything was very simple. Uh, most of the practices were in my head. And that worked for up until about 2015. So the first five years of our business, it worked out. And I realized pretty quickly that um, if I was going to try to grow beyond me, that I, I would have to turn some of these ideas that are just spinning around in my head into actual systems that can be replicated. So that's, to, to me, that's the, the big step. The big step is, can I take this thing that we do that's, you know, dare I say, we do at a fairly high level in our facility, and can I replicate it to... Uh, to be able to, to, to serve more people and to provide more opportunity for my staff. And I, I've just been, as far as that's, that goes, I, I'd have to say that I'm just super fortunate. Um, everybody who teaches in my facility, I mean, they're, they, they are all awesome. And they each do particular things in, that, we, that we do in our place uh, better than I do. So it's... It's been really, really cool. So if you start with the right people, then all you need to do is l let them let them do their thing. I, I, that, you know, so I, you know, I create, uh, you know, I create systems that everyone has quick access to. So we, we, we digitize everything and whatnot. And, you know, you, you find really, really talented people. Uh, we pay significantly higher than the industry average around here. And then this is the most important part. I leave them alone. Uh, I let them. I let them do what they're very talented at, and and it ends up working out great. I have um, probably beyond beyond the scope of the subject matter of what we're talking about today. But I I I, I own two other businesses, and I I have some other things that I'm involved in, and I tend to spin a lot of plates. And as people learn those things about me, they're like, "Man, when do you sleep?" I'm like, "Well, I actually sleep pretty well." And you know, eight hours at night, one hour nap in the afternoon is kind of how I like to do things. But, um, you know, we're, we're able to do that because we have great people doing great stuff. And it, it frees up the bandwidth for me that I need to, to, you know, to do the things that, well, first of all, the things that I'm good at. And also for me to uh, handle the administrative side of things without feeling too much pressure. Yeah, nail on the head there, Jerry. Uh, you know, you have the right people in place. You treat them well. You pay them well. You know, you make them feel like they're a part of what you're trying to envision and scale. And it's 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 going to come back tenfold. Agreed. Um, so speaking of scaling, let's you know talk a little bit more about you know bigger goals. You know, you've been in it for 13 years. Um, you know, obviously, you know, everybody in business gets into business because they they want to make money at some point. But what's your big goal with you know the current facility you know the the the, the current facility 
honestly has exceeded any expectations that I ever had when I started. <laughs> I don't know if it's just that my, my, my dreams weren't big enough. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I remember when I was a young man and I was in the corporate world and I, you know, it was a, it was a retail establishment that was actually a very big company made up of a large number of small locations. And I had these dreams of climbing the corporate ladder and being a C-suite executive with these people. And I heard these stories, you know, there's these, these old timers that have been their, their local store manager and they never made it past the level of store manager and they, they ran their place and they contributed to their retirement account and they were millionaires. And I'm like, oh, that, that's that. There's no way that that's not how that works. And you know, lo and behold, I started to meet some of these guys, and there was, I got to meet these guys who were just very, very happy running their small neighborhood retail store, and they they did a very good job. Everybody in the community knew who they were. They made a, a very good income, and through the company's stock programs and retirement programs, they actually did very well for themselves and retired comfortably. And as I got older um, and I started to think about how do I want to ration my time and what sort of things I want to do, my wife actually retired a couple of years ago and um, I'm still, I'm still, I think a little ways away from retirement, but um, you know, I really started to make me think about like, you know, what are, what are the things that I'm really committed to and you know, what, what's important to me. And uh, I think the protocol has grown to a size where I actually really, really like what we're doing and how we're doing it. Um, I know that's not very go-getter of me to say something like that. Um, we do have one part-time employee that has a, a main job that's a, a full-time job, and they are getting pretty tired of that full-time job, and they're they're looking to make a leap to full-time uh, training, training clients and whatnot. They're really passionate about it. They're very good at it. And um, that, I mean, so there's that goal. I mean, we do need to grow a little bit and create some, some, some space for, for that. And so, I mean, that, that's something that's, um, I'm hoping that within the next 12 months that the protocol can, can accommodate that. And um, really we've, other than that, we, we're, we really like where we are. No, that's excellent. You know, congrats on, you know, kind of, you know, it's hard to put a, an expectation, you know, from we'll say back in, you know, 2010 to, to now, because the, the times have changed dramatically since then, you know, there's, you know, the social media world has evolved and changed and, you know, everything else along with that has. So, um, you know, congrats to, you know, where, where you've taken it and, you know, continuing to, you know, give the people exactly what they need. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you. you know, certainly I'm not the richest guy in the world, but you know, um, you know, we, we have a beautiful home and a very nice neighborhood and we have this really, really cool place that we, you know, we earn a living doing something we really enjoy. And we have time to, you know, both of our kids are, are married now. We're, we're hoping to be grandparents uh, soon. And we, you know, we, yeah, that's, we want to be able to make room in our lives to, uh, to be able to do all those things. And I've got some, some friends and colleagues who run much larger operations than I do. And, uh, you know, they, uh, I think it's uh, Thomas Sowell that said, uh, there are no solutions, only trade-offs. So um, that's, uh, I've been thinking about, you know, what, what trade-offs am I willing to, uh, willing to have? Absolutely. There's, uh, you know, a lot of 
different things that come to mind with that, but it's, you know, obviously everything is for a positive impact. Yeah. I hope, I hope that that quote screws with your head as much as it did me when I first heard it. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm a quote person myself and I, I, you know, like to either create my own or, you know, search very philosophical, theologic, um, you know, based things that, you know, get you to think about it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a good one. Yeah. The, especially if you're a fixer, right? Like I'm a solutions guy Yes, and yeah, to hear, yeah, you know, man, that's uh, those solutions that you're coming up with are illusions. There's, there's just trade-offs. So, uh, before, uh, everyone accuses me of being an old fuddy duddy that needs to retire. <laughs> I, I, let me read you the quote. So I'm, I'm sitting at my desk right now with you here. Yeah. So here's the one that actually sits above my desk that I look at, and this, this might be a better one. Uh, fear doesn't control us by dominating our emotions. It controls us by quietly convincing us that our comfort is more important than happiness. The only real risk is taking no risk. The only real failure is having no failures and only real pain is, is the avoidance of pain. So I have this problem where I suffer from the comfort of comfort. And uh, I, I am trying to challenge myself internally to always be reaching for more. And uh, so I, I keep quotes like that around because um, that is the unfortunate part of uh, doing well. Uh, the quote up here is from Mark Manson. And I don't remember who said this. I think this is, a, I don't know if it's a podcast guy, but it, the, the enemy of great is good enough. And I do try to be careful of not, you know, not settling into good enough. I, you know, we are always trying to, um, to figure out what those next steps are. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, I, uh, have a, a quote book here, but one of the, the things that I like, and I resonate with the one that you just said, because, you know, it's, it's w without pain, there's no growth. Um, and Bruce Lee said that when you say that something is impossible, you have made it impossible. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, all, all, all great things, you know, um, so, you know, last, you know, some few other things here for you, you know, you've been in business a while, you've seen a lot of different things happen over the time, you know, what, what to you and your experiences over the years, you know, what has been the biggest shift to you um, in the fitness world from, you know, 2010 to where we are now, what, what, what has changed the most to you since you've been in business? Uh -huh. I think there was some writing on the wall that some changes were a brewing and I think COVID put an exclamation point on all that. Um, it forced the people who perhaps didn't have the best practices, the, the people who didn't manage the financial end of their business well, their debts, their, you know, people who are, who are skating on thin ice prior to COVID. Uh, those are the people who unfortunately are not around as uh, business owners anymore. And I, I think the small business owner is the person who suffered the worst of, from, from that time. And I the optimist in me hopes that we learned a lot of lessons from what we went through and we'll be ready for when it happens again. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not really a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And if it's not COVID, it's going to be something else that is earth shattering that's going to turn everything upside down. Yep. But um, 
Yeah, the biggest thing that I've noticed, I mean, the and I think there's some good things and some bad things. Uh, the the biggest negative that I see is in some areas, like the community aspect of getting back together and doing fitness together, uh, workshops, that sort of stuff. That's been that, that used to be at 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 its peak. About twenty percent of my income was traveling and teaching my systems to other instructors. It seems to me like a lot of that has um, has really lost its flavor. A lot of it has gone to uh, virtual, and which is cool. I mean, if you don't have the the money to go fly across the country to attend something, you know, you can for a fraction of the price you can attend it by looking at your laptop screen. But unfortunately, it's just not the same as rubbing elbows with colleagues and that sort of thing. And I think that's really unfortunate. I have not. I think I've taught one workshop post COVID, so that's. That's kind of sad. I, I, I hope that's something that slowly returns and gets gets big again. Um, some of the positives I think that we learned is that um, we can we can do a lot with fitness with very little stuff, very little equipment. You know, people discovered very quickly, like with a very very strategic handful of things, I can build a. A gym basically in an extra bedroom in my house and I can hire a coach virtually to make sure that I'm staying on my game and my program design is good and that sort of thing. And I think it's made fitness more accessible to people. Uh, The big gym is certainly not the right place for everybody. And small gyms are not necessarily always available to people. And by available, I, I, I do mean geographically as well as cost. Like training at the protocol versus training at a big box gym. I mean, the cost is significantly higher. Um, so that's just not in everybody's wheelhouse. And I, I hope that the I hope the the blessings of of the changes are that. Like it's just uh, it's more accessible to more people. Yeah, well said. And, you know, I think a version of the the virtual training has kind of skyrocketed since that that COVID time to, you know, for allow for some different creativity. Um, but again, to your point, you know, it's whether it's a workshop, whether it's, you know, one on one training, it's just truly not the same as being face to face in person and getting the, the emotional side of things and everything else that comes with it. So yeah. You know, for a fitness professional who's got a really, really good program designed, I mean, in terms of scaling through virtual means, I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, the last big event that I attended, which was actually pre-COVID, I, I was uh, having dinner after one of the one of the days of uh, speaking engagements with a young man who was, I think, younger than you that was making $150,000 a year uh, on his laptop uh, working with people. And I was rather impressed by that. Uh, so, I mean, that, that, that sort of opportunity, uh, you know, if, if you are, if you're a great coach and you design great programs and you're very good at what you do and you're looking to scale that beyond the four walls of your facility, I think uh, technology and also the culture that we're in would allow you to, to do that way more efficiently than you could a few years ago. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, well, Jerry, it's, it's been good so far, you know, a couple more things for you. You know, I always like to ask this, and I'm sure you've heard this on some other pods before, but you know, in, in all of your years of wisdom and everything that you've learned, even in and outside of the gym and maybe some other endeavors that you have, you know, what words of advice would you give somebody that's looking to start their entrepreneurship dream in the fitness world? What words of advice? I, I was talking with a, 
with a friend of mine recently, and we, you know, we spend the first years of our life, our lives going to school. And the goal when you go to school is to study, uh, work hard and, and get good grades. And if you do that, you get to go farther in school. And if you go really far in school, chances are are exponentially higher that you're going to do well for yourself as an adult. So that system is one that, uh, perhaps unintentionally, perhaps not, it tends to uh, deter people from making mistakes. So uh, a mistake made in school is penalized. A mistake made in a job is often penalized. Uh, In the entrepreneurial world, mistakes are highly encouraged and are learning lessons to project yourself forward. So if you are going to be an entrepreneur, you need to be very ready to fall flat on your face over and over and over and over again. And hopefully, instead of being completely disheveled by those falls, you take all the things that you need to learn from all those times that you fall and apply them into improving the quality of yourself as an entrepreneur. Very well spoken. Appreciate that answer. Uh, well, thank you very much, Sherry. Uh, last thing is, you know, we always love to give shout outs for the facilities. So give our listeners uh, a way that they can reach out to the protocol strength conditioning. Sure. So the website is the protocol SC and that's SC like strength and conditioning, the protocol SC.com. Um, that's the easiest way to reach out to us and see us. Um, we are, as I had mentioned, I'm not I'm not heavy into the uh, social media, but we are on all the platforms. So it's it's usually the protocol SC and so, something. So like Facebook.com, the protocol SC, Instagram, uh, Twitter, whatever else all the cool kids use. But, so we're on all those mediums. Not super active. Um, if you really want to reach out to me, website and email is the best. Info at theprotocolsc.com. Awesome, Jerry. I appreciate that. Well, for everybody out there listening, that's been another show. Um, If you enjoyed the content today, definitely go give Jerry's gym a look and see all the Google things that they're doing. Um, And most importantly, if you know, this is something that inspired you to want to come onto our show, feel free to click on the link, type in all your info. We'll be in touch and we'll get you on the show. But until then, y'all, that's another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily, and joining us on the show is Hank from H4 Training out of Illinois. What's going on, Hank? How are you doing today? 
Doing great, Emily. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Big fan. Uh, I've listened to many, many episodes, so excited to be on and hopefully bring some uh, value to uh, the listeners. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, we're definitely excited to have you on. We had a good conversation before we actually decided to go live here. But, you know, before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on at H4 Training, tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place? So to start with that, why did I want to start my gym in the first place? Wanted to start a gym since being in high school, honestly. Um, fell in love with training, just being an athlete, how you could change your body. I like that you could help others and start to see the effects uh, that would have on them, both physically and mentally. I know probably a lot of trainers and gym owners use that, right, as why they started the gym. But I think it's true for most of us. We, we like that side of it. Uh, and then what we do is small group training. We call it small group with a one-on-one feel. And it's all functional training and, you know, anything from kettlebells, dumbbells, TRX, sleds, you name it. Uh, but we really pride ourselves on that heavy coaching said one-on-one type experience. Yeah. So I know that you said that you knew that you wanted to open a gym um, since you were in high school, which is cool. So my question for you is like, the why? Like, I know that you, you're very passionate, like you're a former athlete, very passionate about helping people, but how did you know that at such a young age? I think I just, you know, my dad's a business owner. So I think maybe you say it's in the genetics, how you're brought up. Um, mm -hmm. And then just kind of wanting to, you know, create something. And yeah. as a business owner, that's what you do, you create something. And then as I started working in other places, Hey, I like what they're doing. Let me take that. But I don't really like how they run things. So let me not take that. And just along the way, like, I think I could do this better. Uh, and then, yeah, that's, I think, why a lot of business owners open up. Yeah. So prior to opening up H4, where did you get, like, experience? Were you working at studios, corporate locations? Tell us about that. So a little mix, generally fairly higher end facilities. So I, I went to college in Las Vegas. So I worked at the famous Canyon Ranch Spa, which is located in the Venetian Hotel. And then I spent time at Fitness Together, which was a franchise chain. And then after that, I spent time Equinox, which is a high-end gym in most large cities across the US, both training and as a fitness manager. So got to see a pretty wide range of types of facilities, size of facilities, and just kind of, again, plucking what I did like, what I did not like, but generally working with that higher-end demographic, which we work with today. Yeah. So I know that you guys, you don't do very like large group training. You kind of have it narrowed down to, I think, is it at max four people? So max, we do eight in an hour, but we don't exceed a one to four ratio. So just meaning uh, if we had four or less clients, we would have one coach, five day clients, we'd have two coaches. Gotcha. Okay. So I mean, what made you decide to go that route? Well, I actually spent most of my career in the one-on-one -on -one side of things and one-on-one, -on -one, not that there's anything wrong with it. It's obviously you can do really well and there's a lot of coaches doing well, but small group is going to be a little bit better just in terms of you can get more people in the doors. Um, it's a lot better from a time perspective. And to be honest, I actually enjoy it better. I feel like coaches enjoy it better. You have multiple personalities at once. Sometimes it can get awkward just 
staring at one person, right? Uh, and same for them. So I think everybody kind of wins now. Again, not that you can't have success in one-on-one and not that some people don't thrive in that from a client mm-hmm. standpoint, but just for myself, I, I like the model of small group. Gotcha. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about marketing and how you guys have filled the gym up over the past 10 years. Cause you actually, you have two locations, but I don't think that I mentioned, but two locations, one coming up on its 10 year anniversary. And then one that is about four years behind, right? Yes. One, we just celebrated six years. And as you mentioned, one coming up on 10. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about what's been working in terms of marketing and getting people in the door. Like, did you guys start from zero clients? So we started with a small base of 20. Actually, what we did was an ambassador program. So reached out to anyone I knew within the, you know, radius of our gym, tried to get influential people within the community that might be business owners, people that were, uh, you know, within the school systems, like the PTA type moms, uh, anybody that I knew could potentially be somebody that would create lots of referral potential. So we created this base, we called it our ambassador program, and they got this really low rate that was never going to change from the time they signed up to the time they leave us. So that was their big incentive, gave them lots of extras and swag bags and you name it. And they got to come in for a free month, basically test it out, be our kind of human billboards, do the marketing for us. And then that small base led to another group of people that came in and kind of so on. And then uh, we got lucky, kind of got involved with some of the local private schools. And once you kind of get one or two people from there, that word spreads. And then next thing you know, we got 10 people from there. So a lot of our marketing was very organic and referral based. You know, now we do Facebook ads, I think like everybody, but that's not where a majority of our people come from. It's, it's a referral base. That's really interesting. I mean, of course, I've heard all types of different perspectives about, you know, word of mouth and referrals um, and then also paid ads as well. So how how did the paid, is that something that you could do consistently, like run pays at paid ads via Facebook? Yeah, we do it. Uh, it's a monthly, you know, monthly basis. We do it. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty decent success with it. You know, it ebbs and flows, obviously, um, but nothing beats kind of our organic both referrals and then a lot of success too on social media, in particular Instagram, just kind of doing just straight DMs with local uh, business owners and influencers going on uh, Instagram, searching the local area, just flat out messaging people. Hey, your local business owner, love to give you two week trial. Come check us out, experience what we do. We've actually got a decent amount of people doing that as well. So why do you think for you guys that the word of mouth and the referrals has worked a little bit better than the paid advertisement? I think you just have to have the right people, right? We've gotten the right people in with the right networks. So it's kind of been a natural, hey, my kids go to this school and I know 10 other people that do and now they want to come. So I think it just happens to be getting the right people, but the experience that we deliver uh, makes it very referable, right? If you deliver a great service to somebody, they're more likely to talk about you and therefore you're more likely to get those referrals in. Yeah. So customer service is something that is really, really that's you're big on and something that's really important to you. So tell us a little bit of, about the quality of customer service that you deliver to your clients. Yeah, no, 
So to me, it all starts with culture. Uh, you know, every business thinks they deliver great service, but if you ask the actual customers, the clients, they don't always agree. So, and it's not about, well, your service is good because if it's good, it's not talked about. The difference between good and great is great gets talked about and good doesn't. So if you're just good, you just, you're not standing out amongst the trees. So to us, it's just all about culture. Uh, you know, we have our care commitment community, which is what we stand on. It's, it's on our walls. That's how we hire off of that. That's how we fire off of that. That's how we onboard. And it's just kind of setting standards and then just keeping your team accountable to those standards. And for me, I would say we're like people first over profits. Cause if you focus on the people, the profits come. So everything we do is always engaging our team about service first team meetings, hiring, you name it. And that top of mind awareness has really allowed us to kind of create the culture that we have today. Yeah. So I mean, what in particular do you feel like you guys do better when it comes to serving your customers than the other gyms that might be in your area? I, and to be honest, I think it's consistency and it's the culture. One of the biggest things a lot of our uh, clients will say is, you know, it doesn't matter who you guys bring on, whether it's intern and employee, it's their first day, it's their hundredth day, it's their third year. Everyone always seems to like give great service and always seems like they just fit right in. Like, how is that? And that's just because the systems we've created and then just that culture of that service first. And it starts, I think with, you know, those listening, it starts with you, the owner, like you have to have that mentality, which can be easy to have at the beginning, but when things get busy, kind of gets pushed to the side. Uh, so we make sure that doesn't happen. And I think that's why it's different is because again, it's just always talked about nonstop that that's our driving force. Yeah. And another thing that we also talked about pre-pod was your attrition. You have a rate that's just kind of well below the industry average was typically uh, right around 10%. So if you could just give, if there's a personal trainer listening or a gym owner listening that has horrible like client retention, what are some of the strategies and systems that you have around that? Yeah, I think number one, you have to get the right person, right? So if you're getting somebody that might not be serious about it or just kind of looking for a quick fix, they're more likely to be with you in the short term, right? Versus somebody that's heavily invested, that's really looking more for a long-term solution. So I think that's number one. And then number two, you just got to deliver a, an amazing experience for them, right? Give them that great service. Make it easy to do business with you, to train with you. And that means, you know, not having these rigid policies and not making them jump through hoops if they need to pause or freeze, you know, potentially with you. So I think if you just make life easy on them from that standpoint and you get the right type of people in, that naturally is going to give you a great retention, right? Um, if you get the wrong person in and you're not giving them that service, it's going to be easy to look elsewhere. So how would you identify if somebody is not a good fit for H4? You know, at the end of the day, it's kind of what they want out of the program and what they're looking for. So if we know, you know, this person might be looking for more of a sports performance type facility. That's not necessarily what we do. So we're going to be honest and upfront with them. Maybe somebody really needs true one-on-one -on -one training that we can't help them with. They have way too severe of injuries. Again, this might not be the right fit for us. Could we make it work? Yeah. But it, again, we want them to get 
the best possible solution, which might not be what we do. So I think it's having the right questions and then just being honest and upfront with them if it's the right fit. Yeah, absolutely. Honesty is always the best policy, as corny as it may sound. Mm -hmm. So what are your goals like moving forward? Um, I know, like you said, you're kind of at a sweet spot. I believe it's with the gym, the Geneva one location. Um, so the Wheaton location, the, which is our kind of older location. Okay. So, I mean, what are your goals for, for both of your of your gyms over the course of 23 and maybe like the next 2023, maybe the next two, three years or so? I think for any business owner, it's growth and it's always auditing what you're doing and seeing, okay, what can I do better? What is working? What's not working? You know, as mentioned a lot now, I'm big into customer service. So trying to find new and refreshing ways to create a better uh, experience to elevate our level of customer service. What new surprise and delight type of things can we do for our clients? Um, so just trying to find those little things that can continuously make you better. Because as everyone listening knows, the competition isn't getting less. It's only getting more crowded. So you got to find those ways to consistently stand out. Yeah. So would you say that that is your I guess, biggest area for opportunities? Just really trying to figure out where you can be better at customer service and also, like you said, continue to, to grow? Yeah. And, you know, continue to find unique ways to market and tighten the way you market and you know everything that affects your growth, just where can we chip away at and get better? Yeah. So, and then what about like for yourself? Um, has the gym, is the gym like providing like the lifestyle that you want to live on a, on a daily basis? You know, I talk to a lot of people that want more time freedom or they, you know, they want to want the gym to eventually run on its own. So yeah, I think luckily one of the great things about small group is it does allow for a little more of that time freedom, right? It's not your clients per se, uh, there, there are gyms clients. And, you know, having somebody trust both staff, but in particular, like my manager that runs our other location. So I don't have to be at that location all the time. Um, you know, I currently go there once a week uh, unless needed, knock on wood. Uh, so from that standpoint, I've been, you know, blessed to have a team that I trust and that my clients trust uh, when I'm not there that, hey, things run smoothly. Yeah. And then for yourself, like, what is, what is your day-to-day -day look like? Because I know you have two locations, right? And you, you just said you're at one of, the case, one of the locations once a week. Do you spend the majority of your time at the one that you're actively growing that membership base in? Um, so I, I spend most of my time called Home Base, which is our original location. Uh, I live closest to that location. That's kind of my baby. Not that I don't like our other gym. Of course not. But that's just kind of the first one. I'm closest there from you know, living standpoint, I have a little better setup just in terms of computer, just kind of office situation there. Um, so I spend most of my time there. I'm still training 10 to 12 hours a week ish. And then now spending a lot of time actually helping other small business owners with customer service, kind of a lot of people have seen what we've done from a service standpoint and just kind of had some questions. So now I'm spending some of my free time just helping other uh, small business owners you know, kind of level up their customer service, no matter yeah. what industry it is. Yeah, I love that, man. This way to, to pay it forward and to continue to give back to the fitness community. Yeah, 100%. All right, so one more question for you before we wrap this episode up. 
I want you to think back to when you opened your first gym about 10 years ago, um, knowing everything that you know now and all the experiences that you've gone through over the past 10 years or so, give yourself one piece of advice that you needed to hear. I think, and you know, everyone probably knows this already, but things just cost more than you think, right? When you, all right, I'm going to open a business. It's going to cost this amount. And everyone says, Hey, it's going to cost more than you think. And you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. And then it does. Right. And then if you expand, things cost more than you think and equipment costs more than you think. And so I think, you know, that kind of talking to people, but you really don't realize how much more that things come up things, you know, Oh, I actually needed two of those and not one or wow. Okay. I priced that wrong or they came, they did it wrong. Then it cost me this or something happened, whatever. But I think it's just always like, Hey, it's going to cost more than you think when you expand, when you build out all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah. So I had a question that kind of uh, popped up as you were talking through that. So like you said, as you, as you expand, uh, the expenses increase. So how do you combat that as the business owner? In terms of the expenses? Yes. Or well, even like the, go ahead, my bad. I was going to say, you know, you raise your prices, right? At some point, um, that's going to help you on that standpoint. And then if you find other avenues to, um, whether you're having like events, right? Webinars, things like that, where you can bring in extra money. Those are kind of your best ways. Um, or of course, yeah, you can get more clients as well, but um, those are kind of some of the other easy ways to combat that. All righty. Well, Hank, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode, but before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah. So I'm on all social media channels. I Hank Ebling on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook's Hank Ebling IV, the fourth love to connect, love to, uh, you know, always trying to, find other like-minded individuals and happy to, uh, if you're looking to level up your customer service, happy to have a conversation with you as well. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much, Hank. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the show and looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. So awesome. to, to everybody. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. To everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.